Welcome to Another Look at London, the podcast that casts a discerning eye over the tourist traps of London and encourages you to take another look at areas you might have written off. Listen in for interesting chat about places to eat, drink, things to do and fun facts about some of London's most interesting areas. Happy New Year, listeners, and welcome to Another Look at London, the podcast run by the collective known as The Niffler. I'm Maddie Fry, and I'm here with my wonderful co-hosts, Sean Evans. Hello. And Charlotte Demansky. Hello. And we are doing a bit of a one of those very annoying things, which I'm sure you've had lots and lots of on every podcast, every radio show, every TV. We're doing a retrospective, but with a few other things thrown in. We're going to be looking to the future, looking to the year, talking about what we're excited about, morning places that are closed, and talking about the things we experienced out of all the things we told you about in the podcast over the last year or so. And it's been almost a year since we've been doing this, so go over us. Over a year, go us. Much, yeah. Yeah. I think that's been the biggest achievement. Yeah, really. it really is. It's like yeah. that we're still here. Yeah, those of us who have glasses, let's clink glasses. Cheers. And cheers, listeners. <laughs> Sorry to make this briefly political, but in an hour and 40 minutes we'll have left the EU and I'd like to just have a moment forget of silence that. for that. Oh. And forget it too. <laughs> moment of silence. Moment is gone. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So. Not a great day. No, it is not. But at least January is almost over. We can at least say that. So mm, as of tomorrow, it. yeah, we survived fucking January. This was a cold one as well, so that is almost over. But first of all, ladies, 2019, what were your standouts? Charlotte, what were some of the best things you did? Well, I turned 30 last year, and to celebrate, I did a, I think, 14-mile canoe trip down from Battersea to Greenwich. As you do. Pretty spectacular, because we went at night time in October, and so the whole river was lit up. We went past the South Bank and Parliament and all the city, so it was absolutely beautiful. So for me, that was pretty amazing. Where did you find out about that? I just Googled it because I knew I wanted to do some kind of fun trip. It was the London Kayak Tour Company. So That's interesting because I have heard about, there's a, I think a kayak club in East London somewhere that a couple of my ex-colleagues used to go and do a weekly canoe on the canals. That's so really yeah, cool. maybe worth checking that out too. Yeah, there's one called Moo Canoes, which are ones that look like cows. <laughs> I'd love to do Holy that. Holy shit, aren't really? They, they're on the canals. Yeah, they? but yeah. they're closed till April because I mentor a 10-year-old and I wanted to take him, but we'll be finished by the time they open again. So, mm. But uh, yeah, on my to-do list. Oh, uh, that's cool. I mean, you know, you assume London has a river and that it's there and that things happen on it, but it's mm. just, I've never heard of anyone doing that except you. You hear people kayaking like out in the country where the water's not full of dead bodies and stuff like that, but you know. <laughs> Did you fall Is in? Is thing in London? Yeah. Or... I, I would assume so. The stuff I've heard about the oh, Thames, no. the things that have been dumped in there down the centuries. <laughs> I, yeah, it's not that clean. But... It's really yeah. not, no. But yeah. did you fall in at any point? We didn't. We got a bit splashed, but they tell you to bring a change of clothes. So that was all right. Though the guys taking us clearly were very gossipy and they're like, look, there's flat. That's where he had an affair with amazing (laughs) all these kind of insights Uh, into the riverside celebrities so that's quite fun oh that's quite cool i love going to theater and i saw some amazing plays we talked about the harold pinter season that was on last year and i saw betrayal which was one of my favorite plays i think i've ever seen and i also saw a german life which was a new one-act play with maggie smith just doing a monologue pretending to be a woman who had lived through the holocaust and had basically kind of betrayed everyone close to her and it was like a slow burn slow reveal and it was the sort of thing we only worked with her doing it and it was fabulous and i went to see harry potter last year oh yeah so for the yeah. first time I will go again. It yeah. was great. How did you get tickets? I managed to get some cheap ones. So I was quite lucky. I think it was £30 per show. I think it was the lottery? No, I think we could book in advance, but it was quite tricky to get the tickets, but we finally yeah. got them. I went to see it, I think, in 2017. And 
I just wandered into the theatre one lunchtime yeah, at work and just said, have you had any it. returns? And I got two tickets for 40 quid. What did you think of the storyline? Well, because the stage pyrotechnics are amazing. Yeah, you go for the special effects. (laughs) Oh yeah, indeed. So what else did you see? Um, I saw the Two Popes, which is now a film on Netflix, but was started out as a play that for some reason was only showing at this funny little theatre in Northampton, which I know is not London. Obviously, it was one of those weird impulsive things I did where I was like, I don't have anything planned today. I'd really, really like to see this play because it's got Anton Lesser in it and he's, if anyone who doesn't know him, he is in Game of Thrones and he plays the creepy maester who experiments a lot on the mountain. Do you watch Game of Thrones? I have, yeah. I've watched the first four series. Oh, okay, God, I can't remember at what point he starts to do his weird... He's basically but, uh, known for doing human yeah. experiments. That's cool. what he's kind of around for. He's very good at playing people who are quite sinister, but he can also do a very good German accent. He plays Pope Benedict in this play and I trekked out to Northampton just to see it and it was amazing and I'm really glad I did and then they announced they were doing a film version on Netflix with different actors and that was one of the best things I'd seen even though not technically in London so cheating a bit and I saw Ian McKellen live on stage which was really cool so that was pretty fab how long was that was it a couple of hours yeah a couple of hours and it was just him talking about his career but he would randomly just start riffing bits of Shakespeare or really did it keep you engaged the whole way through oh yeah yeah definitely I thought it was going to be very Lord of the Rings heavy but it wasn't it was far more about Shakespeare and it was far more about him being gay and the stuff he'd done to found Stonewall and stuff like that mm. so really it was great I really enjoyed it and he was very sweet very engaging very sort of hands on with the audience like he was pulling people up on stage and, <laughs> really? um, and he's like he's in his 80s and he just had so much energy like he didn't look frail at all he's incredible also fun fact one of my friends lives opposite a pub that he owns and a couple of times they just see him chilling outside and I'm like oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> is that the grapes yeah the grapes yeah, the grapes in West Ferry it's a nice yeah, pub yeah. as well yeah. It's really cute. Yeah. Whenever, if I turn up too early to visit my friend, whenever she has a dinner party, she's one of those people who's like, don't turn up too early because I won't be able to have capacity for you because she has two small children. Okay. So she's like, go and wait in the pub across the road. I'm like, yeah, that's fun. It's a nice pub. Me so and Ian fun. hanging out. Yeah, totally. <laughs> if only. He owns it, so that's cool. Yeah, so that was so a very good year. year. It was a good, really good year for theatre. Like 2017 was a great year for theatre, but 2019 was also a really good one. So mm. what about you, Sean? Well, well you got married. I that guess, minor thing. You know? Yeah, that small thing that mm. took up my whole year. Yeah, I had quite a big life year last year. So I changed jobs and started working in London Bridge area. So that meant that I got to check out and work in a new area. So that was quite exciting because before that I worked mostly in East London. So that was quite exciting. And then, yeah, getting married was uh, a process. <laughs> was obviously fantastic. It was great because I got married in London. Yeah, that's cool. As you both know. And it was one of the most raucous wedding receptions I think I'd ever been to. I'd never oh, been to a wedding yeah. reception where people are heckling. I think that is <laughs> like, an achievement. Yeah. I'm proud of that. Yeah, um, damn, you should be. Yeah. Our wedding was featured on, I can't remember which actor's fan page. We got married in central London in a church called St. James's, which is how we sort of know each other. Yeah, basically, myself and Sean's now husband know each other through going to this church. And, and St. James's yeah. is a brilliant church. Yeah, it's a um, cool place. So we got married there, which is slap bang right in Piccadilly really and I had the idea of having a New Orleans style marching band because you know I wanted to keep it low key didn't realise how much attraction we would get from doing that so we did a walking like parade march with you the didn't, band you didn't realise that would attract attention we kind of hadn't thought about it we just were like oh we really want to do this let's do it 
so then we yeah marched up to Piccadilly Circus, had some pictures, and then all got on a London bus and then went to London Bridge. So it was a very very London wedding. That's very cool. And it was great. So we got like pictures with the shard in the background and all of that, and went on a London bus over Tower Bridge. It's like tell the grandchildren. Yeah. <laughs> you must be in probably like a million tourist photos. Yes. So there was one guy who was photographing us the whole parade. <laughs> he was like an additional photographer. I started to get a bit annoyed because I was yeah. like, you're kind of getting in the way of our like, actual we have, photographers. And we haven't hired and you. Who are these people? (laughs) So that was quite entertaining. When we were planning it, it was great because we got to go visit loads of different venues in London and try and find restaurants. And in the end, we went with a restaurant called Hickster, which is one of Mark Hicks's restaurants in London Bridge. And the food is just great. So highly recommend it. The staff are absolutely amazing. And I spent my new year there as well. So that was really great. That's very cool. Yeah. So last year was a big year. Lots of change. Yeah, and in terms of things in London, I did quite a bit of learning last year. Well, you're now a ceramicist, basically. Well, I don't know about that. I did quite a few classes and arty things last year. So I did quite a lot in the lead up to the wedding, making things, spray painting stuff, and your origami. My origami cranes. I did make six hundred origami cranes. Six hundred. Yeah, there's six hundred. Fuck me. And then I was like, oh, hello, friends. Please install these in some way for me at the venue and they pulled it off it was fab so yeah I was quite into origami before but I wanted to try some new things so I did paper marbling that was one of the things I did last year and there's this amazing site called Hobby basically Hobby without the H and you can book to do like loads of different hobby classes like I don't know make a pot or paper marbling like I did I've done a calligraphy class that was quite fun that's cool but now I'm doing ceramics and that's going really well. That's cool. Are you going to have an exhibition at the end or what are you going <laughs> to going sure. towards? I don't know if that's... Um, I'm not that advanced. When I started, I was like, oh, I think I'll make a vase and a sculpture and a dinner set. No, I didn't think that. But, you know, I was sort of thinking I'd come away with quite a lot. And then within the first few weeks, my expectations were lowered significantly. Because <laughs> I think the teacher taught us that there's 50 different types of hairline cracks that can happen <laughs> throughout 50. the pro- Yeah, <laughs> 50 different reasons how? I was like and he was like how? don't get too attached to any of your pieces because they're gonna crack who has actually so, analysed the minutiae of different hairline cracks I've really lowered my expectations with the ceramics still slightly holding on to the fact that I want to be good at it but that's cool I think it's gonna take time mm, yeah yeah and it's made me really appreciate fancy ceramics now I'm like okay and now I understand why that's so expensive because it's such a skill it's One really of my impressive. inspiration podcasts is the Komodo Mayo film review that's on Radio 5, but then becomes a podcast, and Simon Mayo always refers to his wife as the good lady ceramicist her indoors. <laughs> that was immediately what I thought of when I said that. <laughs> and in terms of things that we've talked about in the podcast that we've tried out, and also that, say, some of us might have done but others haven't, mm. and also any things that we want to add to, like little gems that we stumbled across, what have been people's standouts? Sean? I think Katie coming on the show was yeah, a big highlight that from was great. last year. Shout um, out to Katie. Yeah. Thank you, Katie. She was great. Katie um, of Look Up London. Mm. And actually, I have been plugging her quite a lot since she came on and mm. telling people about her tours. Yeah, it was really insightful just hearing someone who does that as a career. Yeah, um, and it's also interesting just hearing the ways people make a living and carve a living for themselves mm-hmm. rather than just going down the route of applying yeah, for jobs. Exactly. Yeah, um, yeah, that was really inspiring. But you've also been listening to quite a few podcasts, haven't you? Yeah, as an inspiration. so when I think we started this, I think I have to confess, 
I hadn't really listened to many podcasts. You've um, made more than you listened to. <laughs> I actually think I probably had made more than I listened to. Oh no, the, the only podcast I was really interested in before we started this was Malcolm Gladwell. Oh yes, his alternative history oh, one. His yeah. revisionist history. Revisionist history. That's it. Yeah. Not alternative history. I, I don't. I don't want to claim that Malcolm Gladwell is peddling fake news. Or anything. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, folks. He was awesome, but apart from yeah. that, no. So brilliant. No, I'm like listening to podcasts every day there's just so many which we are adding to the fray in the Malcolm Gladwell one have you listened to the episode about the difference between well basically he does a sort of interesting given that he's Canadian a defence of country music he yeah. compares it to hip hop and he basically says the reason why they're popular is that hip hop and country music even though you'd think they're pulls apart because one is made by poor white people and the other is made mm. by traditionally impoverished black people they actually reference things similar and themes. places far more and similar themes really? whereas pop rock music is very generic and yeah. the idea is okay it's a rainbow thing that's because nobody talks about anything specific I'm possibly doing it a bit of a disservice talking about it like that because he talks about it in a far more articulate way but it's yeah he's so brilliant yeah he's so clever and he wrote a book recently didn't he How to how Talk to, to Strangers, talk to strangers yeah, see, which yeah. I really want to read and mm. it's basically how we communicate with people yeah and he does another um, good episode of that podcast about the satire paradox have you come across that one um, he talks about how the problem with satire is quite often the people who you're meant to be satirising might take it seriously. Oh, no, I haven't so heard that one either. That's really good. Yeah, he talks yeah, about Yeah, I've only um, listened to the first, I think, two series, but I think there's mm, four now. So yeah. I was really into that, and now I've started listening to lots of different ones, but mostly kind of career-focused podcasts, which is quite interesting. Oh, that's cool. That's and like productivity yeah. and listening to aspirational people. There's a really good one called How to Fail. I've got the book, actually. The woman, I think she's called Elizabeth, interviews lots of different people who you might aspire to and talks about kind of times when they'd failed oh, and cool. which is really really is that the name of the podcast yeah how to, fail. how to and fail the, and she's written a book now so oh, I've got the book. oh wow yeah gotta check um, that out so that one's really interesting also um just to tell you listeners we have some pizza here so we might be munching that throughout the whole thing and guys dive in <laughs> actually there <laughs> yeah, is a yeah, podcast you know, i've discovered noise. i haven't listened to it yet but there's one where i think it's jesse ware she's an artist a musician and i think her mum is a chef and the podcast is her having dinner oh really cooked, like it's like dinner table or something oh cool and she you know has a conversation mm. at the dinner table and her mum cooks for them or something oh that's quite nice um, like we're doing a very you know. low class but like yeah. <laughs> you know uh, we've got super hearty we pizza <laughs> we might have to go very meta and talk about the podcasts that have influenced this podcast but Ooh, you know okay. so I can, um, I'm currently very much getting into the good place podcast but I could talk about that for hours mm. and Charlotte you've been exploring quite interesting stuff like Jollibee is this a new venue oh. You've Jollibee. encountered, yeah. Yes, so I heard about Jollibee when I watched Anthony Bourdain. Have you yes. ever heard of him? He died last year. Yeah, Anthony Bourdain was a really famous chef in New York and he did an I amazing program called Parts Unknown. Was he the one who killed himself? Yeah, oh, sadly oh, he killed himself. Oh, but for me, he's like one of the best travel writers I've ever heard and seen present. And he does one trip to the Philippines. And the Philippines turns out to be, I think, the only place in the world where McDonald's isn't the number one fast food franchise. They have their own thing called Jollibee, and it's absolutely insane. So they have this giant character, like this bee, which is essentially their Ronald McDonald, and the menu is absolutely bonkers. And they've opened an outpost in Earl's Court. So you go there, and it's mainly Filipino expats, so you know it's got to be good. And they have, like, spaghetti with hot dogs, and jolly spaghetti, and jolly chips, and everything's jolly this and jolly that. And what makes it jolly? The fact that it's jolly smiley bee. Wow, the okay. food choice is like truly demented they have like green ice cream and jelly and all sorts of weird stuff but it's just a really happy atmosphere 
I don't think he's got these kind of smiley Highlight, faces. highlight of 2019. Yeah. yeah, that truly sticks out for me. <laughs> oh, wow, dear, we're going to have to go oh, there. the Spaniards yeah. in? Oh, yeah, that was your recommendation, I think, Charlotte, and I think you'd been there before, had previous you? podcast. How was it you discovered the Spaniards in? Well, because when I first moved to London, I lived near Hampstead, like you do, um, in my student halls. <coughs> oh, the, uh, the infamous King's College uh, <laughs> halls of residence that's now closed, the Finchley yeah. Road one. Yeah, it was a lovely place to live, but there's a pub we used to walk past uh, on the heath, in the kind of right middle of nowhere in the heath. And so I'd want to go there for ages, and then I went there last, was it last year? The year before last, my birthday, and it's an ancient coaching inn. And the one where Dick Turpin was meant to have rocked up at some yeah, point. Yeah, I think he was born there. Dick Turpin was born there and wow. Keats wrote there and I think Dickens was meant to be there and like yeah. all these famous literary ghosts are flitting around this and it's just lovely really. It's, it's very beautiful. oldie yeah. woldy. Particularly in the winter and I went there for the first time I think just about this time last year I think with you. Mm. Sure, in, in, in the snow summer. I think. Yeah. yeah. I'll never forget it. What was it you described trying to get back from the Spaniards in the dark as like acting out King Lear's Descent into Madness. <laughs> <laughs> that was <laughs> ingenious but it's a lovely, lovely setting and the fact that it's a bit of a mission to get there kind of means I think you feel like you've earned it and mm. you do but it really does feel like you're in a pub in the middle of the countryside when you arrive because you're surrounded by the heath really mm. and it, you know it's got open fires and cosy little nooks and it's just yeah it's just gorgeous I did do a bit of exploring of Soho after we did our Soho podcast because you guys recommended so many places I hadn't heard of and I went with a friend of mine who lives in Reading but comes into London every so often and we tried out places like the Shy Pig and the Swift Bar and Bar Termini and all the ones we talked about in Soho but also um, I found a place that I first encountered in 2007 when I came to London as a student that has not changed in nearly 13 years Garlic and Shots which I think <laughs> I talked about in the Soho episode Praise the Lord it has oh, not changed the Garlic Shots yeah, yeah. yeah so it does still exist it does still exist and okay. it is brilliant and I was there in fact two nights ago it's still does exactly the same stuff it does bottles of San Miguel and about 50 different kinds of vodka shot including mm-hmm. the blood shot which is <laughs> vod- oh no it's really nice I know it sounds terrible it's vodka tomato juice chili and garlic and afterwards you feel like you've drunk pizza oh, yeah, I mean it going down that's exactly what I want out of a drink yeah oh, totally <laughs> that is what I want out of a drink you and I had very different upbringings, Sean, clearly. <laughs> it was just like, of all the turbulence of life, some things have not changed. And there's all this talk as well that I keep hearing about how Soho's being hollowed out and it's being yeah. too gentrified. And I imagine that's true for some things, but some of it has not Though, gone there's some quite good news this week. Oh, yeah? Um, the 100 Club. On Oxford Street. It's okay. the famous music venue as just been granted business rates relief by Westminster City Council. Oh, brilliant. It's basically secured the venue for quite a while. Yeah, so that's really good news. An area of historical interest. Yeah, which is brilliant. Good. So some things are staying. And actually, I did also visit, talking about that kind of area, Mm. very close by, I hadn't been to the wine bar that you both had recommended, and I went there, which which was brilliant. Which one? Oh, um, Le Beaujolais. Oh, yeah, Le Beaujolais, yeah, 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 the French expat one, yes, yeah, it's brilliant. great, it's brilliant. Um, yeah. So I give that Fantastic. the third thumb of approval. As Homer Simpson <laughs> would say, nine thumbs up. Nine <laughs> thumbs up. <laughs> yeah. I also saw in Soho, but you know Princey, that really fancy bakery on Wardour Street, yeah. has now got a second branch somewhere else in Soho, so I'm hoping they're oh. doing a, a little branch out. Also Lena Stores, which is in Soho, which I don't think we mentioned in the Soho podcast, which is like a Italian-y, deli, bakery sort of place has opened a second branch mm. in King's Cross. Oh, nice. Oh, cool. And it's a bit bigger, and, I mean, it's all, like, pastel-coloured and nice. very... 
Very Instagrammable. Very Instagrammable. And on that note, places that are opening and things that... What are we excited about this year? Sean, on the notes for the podcast, I am seeing handbags. Which makes me want to quote a handbag from Importance of Being Earnest. Yes, a handbag. There is a handbag exhibition at the V&A, which... Very V&A. It's very V&A, but it's called Inside Out, which I appreciate. So I'm quite intrigued by that. So I'm going to go check out that. What is it about handbags that intrigues? I'm genuinely curious. Um, I always liked handbags when I was a teenager and I really got into charity shop hunting when I was about 15, 16, 17 and really liked vintage things. I think that's when I was like, I'm a handbag person more than a shoe person, which I think I've become more of a shoe person now, but I still like my handbags. And I remember really wanting a Chanel handbag when I was about 15 and I wanted one with a chain handle. So I went into a charity shop and I asked them, oh, have you got any handbags with like a chain handle? And they were like, oh yeah, actually we've got one out the back that's just come in. And they came out with basically a Chanel handbag. (laughs) And I was like, "Um, uh, are you selling this? This was in Devon. And I don't think they realised quite what they had on their hands. Ooh. And so it was £2. You're kidding me. And I so, know very little but, about fashion, but even I know a Chanel handbag. But go I don't for... know if it was a real one, but I didn't care. I loved that bag. What's the know, strangest thing you've put in a handbag? <laughs> this question has only just come to me. and it's, like, just, it's partly because um, I had a friend who I used to live God. with in university halls who had a puppy that she smuggled in and out of halls in her handbag, which was a little um, cruel. I remember when I worked in a theatre, someone smuggled a puppy into a handbag <laughs> when I was ushering. Crack down on that behaviour. But unfortunately, it turned out the lady with the puppy was a relative of a famous actor, and so she didn't take too kindly to being told off. <laughs> So Um, other things we're looking forward to this year. There's also another exhibition which I'm looking forward to, the Andy Warhol. That would be quite fun. Where is that going to be? Is it the Tate? Oh, Tate, yeah, yeah. And um, Silo and Warehouse? So there's a couple of restaurants that have opened recently, but they're kind of new openings that I'm really, really excited about. So there's one called Silo, which is in Hackney Wick. And they're kind of doing this whole like no waste local produce thing. And so they have a tasting menu and they also do brunch. So I'm really excited to try there. And then there's also one called The Waterhouse Project, which I discovered late last year. They do a tasting menu and they were a kind of pop-up restaurant in Hackney area as well. Mm. I think they are on Mare Street now. They've just got a permanent space and it just looks really, really nice. So those are two restaurants we'll hopefully visit this year. Sounds cool. And Charlotte, in your old neck of the woods, the Brent year of culture? Yeah, so the baton has now passed to Brent, my old borough, which surprised me because having lived in Brent, there wasn't much culture. So I'm guessing they're bringing the culture, but actually... It's a unique kind of culture they had in Brent. But there's got some really cool stuff happening. Yeah! Zadie Smith's doing something. Oh, sweet. I think she's writing a play for the year of culture. Oh, really? Because she's from Wilsden Green or Kilburn? Yeah, so I think that they're putting it on at the theatre there. Really? No, yeah. she's the sister of Doc Brown, the comedian. Is she? Yeah. 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 And his real name's Ben Bailey Smith, I think. Mm-hmm. But he, that's cool. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. cool. I didn't realise that. What do you remember from when you were there? Well, not much. There was what is now There's the Kiln Theatre. What was it called? The Tricycle before? The Tricycle, tricycle. yeah, it's changed oh, names. Yeah, of course. Is it the Kiln now? Yeah. Oh, yes. Kiln and obviously, you've got the stadium and arena. But actually, weirdly, I've been back twice already and I'm going again on Sunday this year because we've been to the oh, theatre yeah. quite a few times. And it's so fancy now. As you come out the station, there's loads of fancy lights and they've got an entirely new theatre. They've got a box park as well, you know, like box oh, park. Do they? Yeah, right by the stadium. So it's all very shiny, looks yeah, pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, Wembley is getting a big it's getting a boost. 
I did a gig on Kilburn High Road once. Oh, did you? Of the yeah. old ship? At the... Is it oh, a good just the ship. ship. The good ship. Yeah, I did a gig there as well. <laughs> Playing the band. Yeah, that was quite a classic. I don't know if it's still there. There's one venue that was closed it, and there's one that's still open. Traditionally the very yeah, Irish part of London, wasn't it? I don't know if it's still Yeah, it still is. Yeah, it's great on St. Patrick's Day. Yeah, I can imagine. There's a mix of restaurants as well, though. When you say a mix. Yeah, I say a mix. It's not known for its cuisine, but there's quite an array of... Portuguese food there. In Dollis Hill, where I used to live, there's an amazing Portuguese cafe mm. just outside the station called Manos Grill. That's very cool. And yeah, there's a few plays I'm looking forward to that are coming out, like Tom Stoppard, you know, the lauded playwright. He's got one called yes. Leopoldstadt, which is coming out. Where's in, that? Um, Wyndham's Theatre, right, bang in the West End. And a version of To Kill a Mockingbird, which was on Broadway, has now moved to London, has got Reese fans. And, yeah, yeah which, which should that. be cool. Yeah, and... Endgame, starring Daniel Radcliffe at the Old Vic, and those are some things I really love to see. And in terms of exhibitions, The Clash, um, London Calling, is a free one at the Barbican, which I think is on now and going on till like near the end of the year. I so, think it, yeah. yeah, I think it started just before Christmas. Yeah, I think so, yeah. Mm. So I think we need to do a shout-out to, alas, dearly departed friends, places that have closed, since particularly since oh. we have talked about them on this podcast. Three of my favourite restaurants around Leicester Square, Soho area, have closed. <laughs> One of them, thankfully, is not closed forever. New China, my favourite restaurant in Chinatown, thankfully, is reopening soon, I'm told, because it does amazing dumplings and it's the best place to go in Chinatown, which going out in Chinatown recently kind of affirmed that, and Charlotte can probably affirm this. And... There was a really good American diner style place called The Diner on Jaspi Avenue, which was opposite Forbidden Planet, which sadly is no longer there. And one of the best places to get pizza, NY Fold. Um, oh, yeah. You recommended is gone. that in one yeah. of the episodes. Yeah, it is no more. I don't know why, but it is gone. So, yeah. What about you guys? Have you lost any dearly beloved haunts? One thing that stopped last year was there used to be the best pub quiz in London called the Two for One pub quiz, where there were 50 questions but only 25 answers. So you had to match up the answers to the question that was run by this really mad actor and it was just the best night out and it was so fun and you'd get louder as the night went on and you'd sink the pints in but I think he had a dispute with the venue so alas it's folded but that was just the best thing ever but I'll tell you what hasn't closed there was a pop-up cocktail bar last year called the Jelly Deal in an old Jelly Deal pie and mash shop in Wolfenstone oh yes yeah I've been hearing about this yeah it's great and in the daytime still a pie and mash shop probably a bit underused at nighttime on Friday and Saturdays it turns into this crazy pop-up it closed for a while but it's back open now oh it is popularity yeah. Um, but we tried to go yeah. to it a few weeks ago and it turned out to be the one week of the year where it hadn't opened again yeah, <laughs> and bosses. it's all the way down the high street so oh. we had a bit of a yeah, oh I did street. actually lose my favourite coffee shop oh I'm sorry oh. again death of the high street oh uh, yeah of course which is a big theme so though. yeah mm. my familiar it was called but it has reopened and someone has taken over the name is it the same though? I don't think it's no, no. Where it's is the it? Same. It's just in Forest Gate near the oh, station. Okay. Uh, it was my local coffee shop. You know when some of these places close and you're like, oh, I didn't realise how much. Yeah, how much that uh, meant how to me. Much, yeah. I realised how much I actually went there. You know, it was just easy because it was mm. so convenient, right opposite the station. Yeah, just really sad. Hard to love something until um, it's gone. And also the Royal Festival Hall, the elevator in that, the famous singing elevator, it sings no more. It has fallen silent. It is an ex-elevator mm. to see to be to yeah Aww. although apparently charlotte you're saying it's done that before so apparently it might yeah it might rise again so i yeah, feel like it'll so. probably resurge at some point hey ho 
So on a more positive note. Indeed, on a more positive note. Is there note. anything you haven't done yet in London that you want to do this Oh, year? yeah. I mean, um, we've covered quite a lot on our podcast so far that I still need to go back and listen to myself and think, oh, okay, right. There's Before it closes. Places, there's, a, there's a few places we've recommended and we've sort of said, oh, yeah, let's go there. So mm-hmm. we've got quite a few Niffler field trips to do. Well, I think we're all pretty keen to do open house. Yeah. We have never done yeah. it, 13 years of living in London. Yeah, I did it last year, but only mm. in my local area. So we were saying, for open house I think you have to book quite early to get into the really secret places like mm. 10 Downing Street and things yeah so yep. we'll have to book in and there's also open squares and gardens which is great I think because is the garden version it's um, amazing how many closed amazing. off gardens there are in London definitely so, yeah. mm. so that's something I would quite like to do I also really want to try out the Sea Shanty Choir that's near Bethnal Green which uh, does what it says on the tin from what I gather so I'm already part of a choir but Brilliant. I'd just love to give that a try one night so that would be cool Brilliant. and Charlotte I still really want to go to Bob Bob Ricard in Soho <gasps> me too press for so, champagne yes <laughs> so it's that a, can only be a good and thing and also there's another one really they have another restaurant from Bob like an Bob, offshoot of it. Bob Bob Ricard. It's going to be called Bob 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 Ricard. I can't remember Bob, what it's Bob. called. I think Bob Bob. Oh, the Americans city? say Pop Pop. It's in the city, Grand I think. So, oh, nice. yeah, it also looks amazing decor, but mm. I still want to go to the original. So it's champagne on top. It's well, a, yeah, it's no, modern no, Russian cuisine. So. And then by every table, they have a button and it says press for champagne. And they come with a glass of champagne for you. But I'm guessing it's not cheap. No, it's not new. No. The champagne is not unlimited. It's by Damn. The, the person who comes up with that as a business model so, will make a fortune. Russian, is it? Yeah, oh, I, I thought it was I'd be honest. British. Uh, the one time I had Russian food, I really didn't like it. Everything was soaked in vinegar and yeah. it was cold. Yeah. And... I think this is supposed to be really good. Yeah, okay. like really high end. Cool. Yes. Yeah, it's supposed to be amazing. And that was on one of our lists. If you have a rich relative in town, yeah, get them to take you there. Yeah. Fact, we should probably do an episode on places to take a solvent relative. You know, who's not a struggling millennial. <laughs> Talking of fancy places, I'm going to one of the bars in the Shard in a couple of weeks. Oh so that yeah, will be quite an experience. And we've done that, haven't we, Charlotte? Um, we went to a bar in the you Shard. Go to, we went to the. We're going to Gong. That's the fancy think, one. Yeah, it? there's Gong, and I think it's someone called Aquashard. We went to Aquashard. Aquashard. The view was. But, Aquashard has just had a revamp, so um, I think they are closed at the moment, but they're opening maybe this week again, or Gong might be the highest bar. It's on like the 52nd floor or something. So, um, and just so people are aware, you can reserve a table there, and I think it's like £30 minimum spend. Mm. Which is actually, for London, it's quite easy to get to that really. Well, I think there the cocktails look expensive. I think it won't be difficult getting to £30. But I suppose when you look at the price of going up to the Shard normally, yeah. I've been up to the Shard, I can't remember how much the tickets are, but something around £30 anyway. So well, You can go up if you say you're just going to the bar, can't you? That's what we did. Yeah, so you the bar's only halfway pay. up the yeah, Shard. Uh, it's like goes top. up another yeah, double no, on top of that. Yeah, quite far up. So yeah, mm. so I'm really excited about that. I also really want to do something called Women Rock London, which is something I heard about on the radio a few years ago, which I'm assuming is still going. It better be happening this year, I hope. It's about encouraging women who play instruments like guitar and bass and drums to actually get into performing live rock music because that's seen as traditionally such a male thing. And such I, a great idea. It's a great idea. Like, I've played the guitar since I was 12, but it's been a long time since I've played publicly or played in a band, and I love the idea of just jamming with other women and doing that, so I really, really want to do that. So. That's cool. It's great. And Charlotte, did you mention the wedding singer? Yes. Yeah, 
so on Sunday, actually, we're going back to Wembley, third time this year, to see the musical of a wedding singer, which should be quite fun. So it's on at the Wembley Park Theatre. And we went there a few weeks ago to see Fame. Oh, it's yeah. okay. I mean, yeah, Fame, right. you got to go 100% American and, like, all enthusiastic. It's like Footloose or something. It's a bit yeah, similar. it fell a bit flat because it doesn't quite translate to England. But mm. quite a cool venue. It's huge. Yeah, I recommend it as a venue. Mm. Cool. Talking of musicals, I want to go see Anne Juliet. Yeah, I've not heard of that. It's great. Everyone I know that has been loves it. Mm. And it's all basically pop music. Things like Britney Spears, I think. Uh, And it's basically the story of Romeo and Juliet, but from Juliet's perspective. Yeah. Something like that. So if she didn't die. If she didn't die. What would she do afterwards? What would she do after? Yeah. So that's... Oh, yeah. that's quite cool. It kind of sounds a bit like, you know, the Heavy the Eighth Six Wives one that's become six, really... Yeah. Six, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's... yeah, I kind of went off musicals for a while, but mm. then everyone who's been to this has loved it. Like, yeah, it's like Backstreet it. Boys, yes, really fun costumes. Exactly. Oh, it. It's like lots of 90s music, which is cool. Okay. Fun. And it, as my 30th this year, so... Oh, of course, you're, so, you're a young yeah, buck. I'm here <laughs> behind you guys. You're a 90s baby. So, yeah, so. I guess that's something to look forward to. Fantastic. Well, there's so much, so much coming up in 2020. Listeners, tell us if you have anything you think we should check out. Just to give you a hint of what's to come. Mm, yes, We're going to be covering a few more areas yep. that we haven't covered yet in London. So stay tuned for that. Absolutely. We will, as always, diving into the tourist traps and trying to persuade you to actually go and visit them um even the hipster ones um and we might have a few special episodes as well coming up absolutely or we get on some special guests and lots more great things to come and thank you for listening yeah here's to a great 2020 and it is goodbye from me and it's goodbye from charlotte bye and goodbye from charlotte goodbye